You're listening to the Law of Attraction Radio Network. The secret to well-being is discovering the power that is your birthright, the power to create a happier, healthier life drawn from our own vast internal resources. Join Jules and her guests as they gently guide you to shift your perspective from the familiar negative to the divinely connected, a place that will not only positively impact your world, but possibly shift the planet. It's all right here on Law of Attraction Talk Radio. Well, welcome to Law of Attraction Talk Radio. I'm Jules from beautiful Southern California, and I'm so happy that you could be with me in this wonderful month of December where everything seems to be glowing with love and excitement and happiness. And I hope that you are with your family and friends and socializing and just having a good time and delivering all this love back to those people who you love. So we have got a great show for you tonight. And it's all about Pamela Erlin, who began seeing auras and visions and spiritual beings and energy structures since the early age of five. And her grandfather gave her really powerful training as a shaman, Native American shaman, uh, learning about the culture and wisdom and plant medicines and soul retrievals, etc., etc. She's also a medical intuitive. She's just really does it all and she's been teaching people since the ripe old age of 23 so she really does know her stuff she is probably best known from her youtube channel in which she actually channels jesus edgar casey and a whole bunch of angels and she's got some great information that i think we're all going to get great insight if you haven't seen the law of attraction magazine december issue she's got a really great article in there and i hope that you'll go and see that remember that law of attraction magazine.net is free digitally so you can see it and you can even go back and read all the past issues as well and you are really going to enjoy them because they have some very powerful information about manifesting your desires and dreams and how to come to grips with those limiting beliefs that stop you from going forward. It's really, really powerful, so I hope that you'll take advantage of it. And if you do want the print copy of it, if you go to Law of Attraction magazine.net you'll be able to purchase a copy and have it sent directly to you in the mail so let's get on with tonight's show oops i forgot we have to go for a fast commercial break and then we'll be right back with pamela erlin it's here it's hot and it's a must read it's the science behind the Law of Attraction magazine. Every issue brings you great articles and in-depth how-tos from all your favorite Law of Attraction experts, authors, scientists, and medical professionals. Go to lawofattractionmagazine.net. That's lawofattractionmagazine.net. 
Well, welcome, Pamela, to Law of Attraction Talk Radio. I'm so glad to meet you. Namaste. Thank you for having me. Oh, this is going to be so much fun. I have got uh, friends who you know really well, Michael Kutzen and uh, Janine from Calling All Angels radio show. So I'm delighted to know you through them because they talk very highly of you. I love them very much too. So that's wonderful. (laughs) (laughs) Well, let's um, talk about how you got involved in everything because you were a wee little child when everything came to you, which must have been a surprise, right? Um, I can't really say. I don't remember much about those experiences except my first awakening experience, which was with a group of angelics who called themselves Elohim. So at age five, I had this interesting moment. I was sleeping, you know, and back then, you know, we grew up really poor, and my parents and my brother and I all shared a room in a tiny little trailer, like way back in the 70s, right? And, um, you know, no one entered that room, you know, without you knowing it because it had one of those sliding, you know, wooden doors that was thick and loud. And anytime anyone had to get up and go to the bathroom, you heard this squeak. <laughs> so anyway, I was sleeping and a light came on and it was a bright light. And I went, oh, gosh, you know, why is the light coming on? I'm really tired. You know, who needs to use the bathroom now, you know? <laughs> And I didn't hear the squeak, and I heard a. I, I saw the light, and I'm like, um, the light's on, and there's the doors open. And then from that, I saw this massive being enter my room through what appeared to be a portal. It just looked like a little pinpoint that got bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger, and then this being stepped through, and it was an angelic being, wow. you know very androgynous looking it doesn't look like what you think angels are going to look like no fluffy wings and halo nothing like that (laughs) um but you know it motioned to me to come and i'm like oh am i supposed to you know this looks fun and my little brother was awake cooing in the crib and laughing and he thought it was great so i'm like well he's not scared there's no reason i don't feel any fear it looks fun so i went over to him and he um touched me on the heart and he said now you feel that was the first place he put his hand here um, and then he said now you see now you hear now you know actually I think the hearing came after that feel hear see and then know so he touched me in all of those areas in that order and from that point I had this interesting cosmic experience where the ceiling to my home appeared to just not be there like and, and I'm looking and I'm like I see it but it doesn't look like solid matter I see my little brother, but he suddenly doesn't look like solid matter either, so I could see things at this deep, etheric level, um, still do to this very day. As a teenager, I had a hard time driving without running into cars because I have no depth perception. (laughs) Wow. So everything changed in that moment, and then I started working with um, Jesus, except he calls himself Yeshua, and I work with Archangel Michael and all of the Elohim angelics, particularly one named Astraea, who calls herself the Divine Mother of Angels. Wow. And you also uh, channel Edgar Casey. Yeah, I have. He's a part of that collective, so it was easy to do, and he's fascinating. He's he's a lot of fun too. He comes through in a way that 
if you're talking to his higher self, there are a lot of semantics and words that he uses that I don't quite understand. You know, because he talks in this old, archaic language that's he's very wise. Uh, so I have to really think about what he's saying, and if I don't get it, then he will talk to me in kind of like the 1950s voice, where he's funny and jovial and and has a great sense of humor, and and then then I get it, then I understand. He has a little bit of an interesting accent. <laughs> wow. So yeah, yeah, based upon wherever he was from. So. I I get one of those two versions of him, depending upon if I can understand him or not. Let me ask you about that. When you channel, are you feeling the different energies of the different personalities? I mean, does it feel different with each one? It's like you don't get confused or it, it was just like, wow, you, you channel so many different ones. Because normally the beings that I channel will be a part of that Christ Conscious Collective. Um, They have a specific, very strong, intense, loving, compassionate frequency. So it's, they feel good. You know, it feels good to channel them. If I am doing the clear conscious style channeling, if I'm awake, if if my eyes are open, then I am getting various aspects of them. You know, and it's really, really easy to discern who's who. If I'm in trance, which is also quite common, um, it just feels like love, and I don't really have much perception of personality. Uh, you know, it's like I only talk to their higher selves, to that aspect of them if I'm in trance. So, and when you're in trance, do you remember everything that was said, or do you have to go back and listen to it? Yeah, I have to go back and listen to it, or if I'm told, if I'm asked to remember, it'll come to me, I'll get like a recollection moment, but in kind of spurts, you know, a little bit at a time. I don't remember when I first come out of trance, Um, it takes a good while, sometimes minutes to hours to remember. (laughs) Wow, wow, that is so fascinating. I, I don't think I've ever met anybody that channels as many people as you, so it's like, for me, I'd be very confused. But, you know, you you evidently handle it. By the way, I want to tell everybody that they can go to YouTube to actually see you on your YouTube channel. Can you tell everybody how to get there? Yeah, if you just go to YouTube.com and search Pamela Erlin, if you just search my name, it's got a lot of A's in it, so I'm sorry for the the spelling, but it's A-A-R-A-L-Y-N, Pamela Erlin, and you can find me that way. Okay, great. And you also have a website, which is AuraReader.com, right? Yes. Okay, good. I thought, uh, let's let's do that so if people are listening through their computers, they can start going there right now and looking as we talk. This would be uh, uh, good information that you should keep forever because you do, like, periodic um, um, YouTube filming in which you can answer people's questions yes yes definitely and you know during those times um if you want to find me for live uh work with me for channeling and doing youtubes if you want to be a part of the people who ask questions you can find me at patreon.com so that's that's a different site but it's spelled p-a-t-r-e-o-n.com forward slash Pamela Erland, my name, and it's incredibly cheap. Like you can pledge what you want and get access to the channelings, and it's not. Um, it's it's really easy, and it uses YouTube. So you just like look for my videos. I'll tell you what time they are, and you just show up. 
you just click there and show up and you interact with me via YouTube chat there and then that is how you can ask me questions. If I'm in trance, you'll have to um, ask your questions and whoever's interviewing me will pick them. If I'm not, then I pick them. So it's really simple. It's really fun to be involved in that and I, we do it all the time. And you have private sessions too? Yeah, I do private sessions a couple days a week at orareader.com. You know, and that's a lot of fun because I do a lot of Akashic Records review. I'm a medical intuitive. All of these gifts came because of the aura. That was the first way that I could get access as a channel was through energy. So as that progressed, um, it was easy to look at the Akasha, work through the Akasha, do healings through the Akasha. I do a lot of frequency work. I'm a sound healer. There's those options as well. Oh gosh, you do everything. That's terrific. So let's talk about what is going on right now on this planet. And I find it to be very exciting. Me too. I don't find it to be fearful. I'm just like sitting back in awe, just going, oh my goodness. <laughs> it, this is really terrific stuff. Some of the stuff, of course, a lot of people might not like, but there's a purpose to it all. So I was wondering if you could share your perspective. Hmm. Yeah, there's some interesting fear going on about that in the Human Conscious Collective right now. But I also view fear as something that seems to be on a decline, and empowerment is rising. It, well, from what I've noticed about the Human Conscious Collective, they're going towards release of judgments, and that was the whole thing about 2017 was being catalyzed. It was the year of the catalyst. So if you notice that many impasse, especially for those of you with that gift, you were incredibly triggered all the time, and you were feeling as if things were catalyzing you, and you had all of these challenging situations. Um, I, too, had many challenging situations. Um, and it was kind of one of those years where if you are aligning towards growth and expansion, which you always are, and if you're ready for it, those who are really ready to be in your life um, would be there. And, and it's like people were coming in droves and support was here. And then at the same time, people were leaving your life. If they weren't really aligning, you were going into a very different dimensional field. And I call that the fourth dimension. So 2017 is ending its reign here of... Uh, <laughs> of catalyzing and triggering you and you're going more into a place where you can control and be in your own mastery and stand in your own power speak your truth more but compassion is going to be the theme for 2018 a lot is happening but it's mainly about the shifts in the Gaia collective the shifts in mother earth at least that's my perspective I don't know Jules how you're really coming about that in your information but I'm seeing a lot of shifts in Earth's crust I'm seeing some unfortunate natural disasters but I'm seeing humans come together in ways that they never have before and it's um, just a shift getting out of the old and in with the new getting into your higher self more your gifts are opening more you're, it's vulnerable um, but at the same time you're connecting so it's about human connection and compassion for others so that's going to promote an inch an entry for 2019 to be about unity so you see where that's going we're stepping further and further into divine grace ah wonderful wonderful yes i have heard about the um earth and it's growing it's actually enlarging and so yes it is the natural progression of the planet to shake up a little bit and to have natural disasters but i i really think that we're going to all survive it 
I yes. just don't see it being totally disastrous. That's what I and you're just shaking down the old stuff and bringing yep. up the new stuff. And it's really kind it's, of exciting. Yeah, it is. It's like a rake. It's like we're just raking through all the cellular debris that we no longer need. And, and we're shaking it up and getting it out. And I don't see big um, catalyst type of disasters at all. But I see that people come together more. There's like little mini problems that aren't as bad as what most have been predicting that they are. So um, it's just a chance for us to come together and it's not going to be something where we completely die off and go into a world war. I haven't seen any of that. Um, 2018 looks um, connecting. It looks loving. It looks safe. It looks good. <laughs> it does. I know. That's what I'm feeling too. I'm just like, ah! Oh, 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 I'm so excited. So, and I think it's going to last through up to 2020, and I could be wrong, mm. but any insights on that? Is it going to continue to be like that? Well, for those of us that are operating in the fourth and fifth dimension, yeah, it will be. Um, what I perceive about Earth shifts and changes is that it base, it is based upon what collective you are currently aligning with. If you're aligning with doom and gloom, you may see some in 2019, um, if you're aligning with four-dimensional stuff, you may see stuff, but it will not really affect you and your families, and it will give you opportunities to help those who are kind of in the doom and gloom third-dimensional paradigms of fear and restriction and powerlessness. Um, if you're in the fifth dimension, you really won't see that much of it at all. Um, you'll just be like, well, sometimes I hear about some things, but everything looks really good. So it's about your collective that you're aligning with. And for, at least in my perspective, for the first time in 4,000 years on planet Earth, we are ascending not collectively as a whole, but in these smaller collectives and soul groups and soul families. So it's the years, these next few years will be about me and your soul family. Ah, oh, how fabulous. So... Give me the definition of what you mean by soul family. Well, I don't know how you feel about this, but from my perspective as a being who sees through the ether, what I'm noticing is that we're just not all human. There are many aspects of us. We're multidimensional, if you will. So you're meeting those in your family who have contracted to come here with you from your starseed origins, from your particular background, to come here with you to help you grow and expand and you're meeting those folks and it may not always be biological in most cases I'm noticing it's not huh. oh wow that is so fascinating so let's talk about uh, the third dimension and the third dimension is where all the chaos is and some people actually choose to stay in the familiar and that's okay even though they're missing out on going through the fourth and fifth but that's all right teach its own um what how do you tell us to move and shift into the fifth how do we get there from your perspective it's work <laughs> if, yeah if you weren't born awake um it's work and if you have a big awakening even then it's work if you awaken at any age it's work even if you completely don't feel like you've had any particular spiritual awakening experiences at all, it's work. So the biggest thing I tell people to do is meditate, go into the stillness, um, be authentic about where you stand. Do not try to compare your particular spiritual awakening with another's. That's another big one. Um, I really can give a lot of ideas about what you can do for work, but honoring compassion, releasing judgment, releasing your attachments and habits, that's a part of the work that will come up. For me, I follow um, A Course in Miracles 
because those are the same things that Yeshua has taught me from um, childhood. So when I started to read A Course in Miracles, I thought, oh my goodness, that's everything he's already taught me. So that was really relevant for me. But it's about becoming your ultimate Christ conscious being, your ultimate angelic being, your ultimate empowered being for whatever you want to choose it to call it. I call it God within. So you are stepping through your own divinity and honoring that. That's really good. What about... Um... I've been looking at this more and more, and matter of fact, it was featured in the magazine last month, about getting into the fifth is actually being able to realize that what you are projecting out into the world and it's being reflected back is your life's lessons. So your emotions are what it is that you have to really get in tune with and not do the blame game, but understanding that it's you like the division in the United States, each one individually is causing that for themselves. As you said, some won't experience it because they're already in the fifth and they don't find the division, but some do and it's caused basically by their own internal emotions. Would you agree with that or can you expound on that? I would say that it depends upon where you are, but in the third dimension and fourth dimension, yeah, there's a lot of emotional core beliefs being kind of um, pulled to the surface for you to weed out and integrate. So if you're feeling that you are having a component of you that shames you, then you're going to be highly likely to judge and shame others as what's happening in the larger um, political collectives right now in the 3D. So, yeah, absolutely. But if you're in the fifth dimension, I notice what's happening in the fifth dimensional collective, very few uh, of them on Earth, um, you'll notice that you will not perceive anything as separate, that no matter what anyone is trying to say to you or do to you and what is perceived as a separate action, you understand that they are your brother and sister of God within. You understand that they are soul family and that they are contracted to do a certain something that kind of triggers you into releasing further stuff, not necessarily negative stuff. Sometimes it is, sometimes it isn't in fourth and fifth. So in the fourth, you're still releasing negative stuff. In the fifth, you're looking going, oh, wow, this is brethren. This is my brother and sister of God within. And I honor that I'm here to teach them something that I've already been through. So you're experiencing that pain, but in a different flavor. You're like, oh, that feels bad, but wait, that's not about me. That's about something that I need to help them get through because I've already done it. So you're in service in the fifth dimension. Ah, uh, yeah. Okay. That makes sense. So it's in the third dimension, we're all, uh, we're, it's victimhood. Mm -hmm. Where we are blaming others for what we're feeling and then we're progressing up to the point where we're accepting others as being part of us. We are yes. one. Absolutely. And it's the um, fear-based, powerless negative core belief as a collective is what I'm noticing humans trying to get rid of right now in the third dimension, that powerless victimhood. Mm. And that's a biggie. Mm -hmm. That's what a lot of people, I mean, it's real tough to get through that. I'm a perpetual victim. 
Uh, and so if something can trigger me in an instant, but thank goodness I only stay there for like five seconds before I recognize it and pull myself out. You might be experiencing that flavor of something that you integrated already and you're going, oh yeah, this is a higher lesson of powerlessness. So for me to grasp it even more deeply because we're in a polarity-based environment. So if you think about it, you can get one flavor of victimhood and you think you get through it and then it gets harder and the next time it happens, you'll notice the lesson being like really tough. And then the third time it happens in a year, you're like, dang it, this is excruciating. Why does this continue to happen to me? Which is like what a victim would say. But it's not always about that. Sometimes you've mastered it, but you had to get a different level of mastery so that you can become a teacher of empowerment. So it is not something you're doing wrong at that point. You see what I mean? Yeah. You're standing yeah. in your mastery. Well, it definitely feels better not to blame others and to take the power back and put it back on to oneself. I think that is, I mean, really, 2017 is all about learning about this power that we tend to give away and that we're collecting it now and saying, no, it's like I'm going to keep it now because it is too good to let go. <laughs> and as long as you're not blaming and shaming and criticizing yourself, absolutely accountability is wonderful. But there's a certain level of, okay, uh, I, I don't want to hurt myself in this. You're just as important. Compassion is just as important to put on your inner self as well. Mm, good point. Good point. So what do you, you don't really go into projections of the future, do you? I can, okay. but the thing about it is the moment you do and you make a change in your own life, you as a collective and a part of a collective may change it in a positive or maybe not so positive way. But yeah, I do a lot of predictions, particularly about what's coming through and the natural disasters. But to me, because I'm in a different field, I'm just, and, and those who follow my work as well, they're not seeing disasters. We saw like kind of a, a hurricane that was pretty bad and they were like, yeah, but it's not going to be as bad as many people are predicting as well. And then uh, Harvey just like out of the blue destroyed everybody and no one really thought anything of that. Um, so it's no one thought that was going to be so bad. So you see how things shift? Yeah, interesting. And I live in uh, wonderful uh, California where we are always rocking and rolling. And <laughs> I got to tell you, I've gone through a great big one and it felt like just being on a cruise ship and it just wasn't that scary. It was a little bit exciting. So it, in California, we don't have the um, the real big disasters because we have are under big um, building codes and solid structures. And really, we don't have really that much to be afraid of here. So yeah. it's like, okay, let's just go for the excitement. <laughs> <laughs> stay in that realm. Stay in that. Because I have seen I have interesting information about California. And I believe it's because as a collective, you guys are pretty split. There's a lot of high frequencies there in the fourth and fifth. And you guys are fine. And then there's some that are, you know, in some inner city areas that might not be fine. Um, but it's still not an overall loss. I'm not getting any giant disasters where there's an overall loss in California anytime soon, if ever. Like, I'm not seeing that I read out about five years and I'm not seeing that in that time frame good 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 okay that's good because the only thing I worry about is my dear little grandkids yeah. <laughs> 
my my baby. Mm-hmm. So I I just know everything's fine. But I've also um, fortunately since I've lived a long life in California, um, I've been raised with that fear that California is going to fall into the ocean. <laughs> Because I read Edgar Casey, you know, at the ripe old age of eight, you know, so it's like but it shifted. You see how it shifted, and now we're not in that direction anymore. I'm a little bit concerned about Florida, but I'm not concerned about California. Really? Yeah. You're but right. Florida's we got did a collective of 3D, and right now they, if that were to happen, just say worst case scenario, it would be a chance for them to just like. Um, what was it, Irma recently gave them that chance to come forth and really unite, and they're getting stronger now. Wow. Wow, that's so fascinating. Now, what would Edgar Casey he would say that we still had a shift, even though he predicted, he's the one that really started everything like California's going into the ocean, but he always had that uh, basis that it could change. It's not it's not an accurate, I mean, it's not 100% because it's the consciousness that can change. And it did. And, and it did, yeah. but I, I'm still, would he still say that today? Yes. Yeah, he, he wouldn't still say that it's going to shift into the ocean, but what he would say and what he has told me is that that prediction has shifted like 20 years forward. So you're looking way into the 2030s, like, like 2029 20, to 2033 is what he's saying right now for that prediction. And even so, he still gives me the disclaimer that it could shift more positively. Ah, okay. So we have that time to really help people to shift the collective consciousness of California, uh-huh. as well as Florida and all these other places. I think that's what your YouTube channel is doing and my radio network is doing and the magazine is doing. We're trying to uplift the consciousness. Now, I am, I just love the collective consciousness and I've been seeing it grow and grow and grow and it's like amazing because you can see it just go worldwide. Everything is. What are your thoughts about the collective consciousness? Um... Again, like for me and my perspective, it's a little different than most. And from my uh, teachings of it, what I'm discerning is that for the first time in 4,000 years, we're going into ascension in a way that's very unique and individual. So your perspective of it may be different than mine, depending upon what soul group you're in, what, what soul group lessons you come forth with, um, what particular plane of existence you're operating in a dimensional field at any given point in time in your emotional frequency. Um, so for me, I, I'm primarily in fourth and fifth right now, and I'm really enjoying it. So I slide back and forth, and I particularly believe that for those of us who are primarily in fourth, um, we can go anywhere. I have times when I unfortunately frequent the third, and I go, oh, yeah, you know, I'm a victim today. And I have times where I'm in the fifth, and I'm, yeah, it's true. Fourth is interesting because it's like a portal into everything. I have times when I'm in the sixth, seventh, and up to eleventh, and I'm sitting in there. I was in Diksha the other night. For those of you who do Diksha meditation, it's amazing. And my body was vibrating, and I couldn't come out of trance. And there were these little kids that were visiting Diksha, and they were like, is she alive? And I think she's breathing. And they're like moving their hands in front of my face. And <laughs> and I was standing outside of my body going, oh, this is so fun to observe them thinking that I'm like not alive. They don't know what meditation is. It was cute. You know, so that's more like 11th dimensional stuff. And I could see my body just 
vibrating, just sitting there vibrating like that, you know? Wow. So it's um, interesting things that we're going through for those of you in the fourth dimension. Um, but we are ascending in groups and primarily what your dominant frequency is um, as an average will will dictate how you ascend, when you ascend, what ascension is like for you. I'm not seeing ascension be this out-of-body experience anymore where people die. Um, I'm seeing it becoming a quickening of the physical. Like my cells are literally vibrating from this fast that I'm doing and I feel it all the time. But for people in the third dimension who experience that for the first time, they might be scared of their entire body vibrating. You see? I am hearing that people are um, just not eating anymore. I don't need to very much. <laughs> Isn't that wonderful? It is. It saves a lot of money. Yeah, <laughs> it does. And calories, too. Right. But, <laughs> but isn't that amazing that people, what is it, breatharians or something like that? They're breathing instead of eating. So do you see that that's where humanity is actually going? Absolutely. At some point, we will get there. You know, probably around 2040, 2050, from what Edgar Casey is describing to me right now, we'll be heading in that direction. Breatharianism, I, I did a whole 30-day experiment with it, and I was able to eat very, very little, very little, but um, what I found was I needed water, like I really needed the water, I haven't gotten there, but I know some breatharians who can, and they can do it for anywhere from 5 to 10, 15, 20 days without it, but then eventually they'll need it too, and those are very high-dimensional, high-frequency beings, but I can't go like maybe uh, one day without water. Mm. Yeah, I can totally understand that. So there's also a group of people who watch the sun, and mm -hmm. that will actually stop them from eating as well. But they'll have tea or something like that, but they really cease eating. Um, I forgot what they call that. It's sun solar gazing. Sun gazing I did it a lot in my 30-day breatharian journey, and it really? is very helpful. It, right when I thought that I was eating, I realized that it's cultural. It's emotional eating. You know, and um, so if I was emotionally eating and I didn't do sun gazing, I would, I would find myself really, really wanting food when, my, when I didn't know why because my stomach wasn't growling and I'd walk outside, sun gaze for anywhere from 5 to 30 seconds and be fine. Interesting. So actually, if you do both of them together, you're really, um, you know, I just find that fascinating. Here we've been taught all these thousands of years that we had to eat meat, we had to, we yeah. had to do that, and now we're shifting. It, it, you, how can people say that we're not moving the consciousness to a higher plane? How can they? Of course we are. Mm -hmm. It's amazing. I call that spiritual resistance when people try to deny what is apparent and before them. <laughs> wow, yeah, that's true. So let me ask you, what about, what do you think of this, um, uh, I'll just come right out and say it, chemtrails and things of that nature? I have a lot of people who ask me about they that. They don't too. exist in my collective. I do not see them. I do not breathe them. I do not notice the effects of them in my collective. They just do not exist. Um, and, you know, the, the late and great Dolores Cannon said the same thing. She said, not my world, <laughs> you know, and, and she was very fourth dimensional as well. So it's all a matter of what collective you're in for the third. It is a very heavy and unfortunate event, you know. 
and it's real in the third because you, you know I, I can see them in the third mm-hmm. but then i can experience days where there is nothing it's just blue skies absolutely So that should tell me when I go out and meditate underneath my mango tree that where what space I'm at. And it's kind of like telling me I'm in the fourth, fifth or back in the third. Let me share an interesting story about that. I was at a retreat lately and there was some chemtrails sprayed over it. And I was sitting up underneath a beautiful willow tree, just sitting there meditating and enjoying myself. And the girl next to me was like, look at that. And I'm like, look at what? And there are like three other people, and they're like, can't you see that crisscross chemtrail in the sky right there? And I'm like, "Uh uh-uh. And then there were three other people, two to three other people sitting by me who were operating really in bliss and in my frequency, and they didn't say it either. And we were sitting there talking about the collectives and how that happens and how you have to really manage your frequency. Go within, be still, try to stay out of the fear, try to be in bliss consciousness, try to meditate, try to keep your diets clean, try to do everything that you can to maintain those Christ conscious angelic energies and you will not have any effects of that. Interesting. That is so true because you can actually lose something and it just goes, you're just in a different dimension from where you left it. So quickly. yeah, so it's amazing. You just verified that. I, I think that's brilliant. So, um, well, what does what does the future look like for humans? Then we're not going to be eating. Mm-hmm. We're going to um, be living in our own power. Mm-hmm. We're going to be creating and manifesting without mm-hmm. us even needing to. We just have everything. So yeah. are we going to have any life's lessons? Um, the, It'll be about mastery. When we head, when Earth goes into the sixth dimension, that's what you're talking about now, it will be about mastery at upper fifth and lower sixth. It's all about mastering, not necessarily anything that you need to integrate, but from that point, taking and expanding and intensifying your own energy to the extent that you become manifesting generators. And it's all about manifestation when Earth goes in that direction. And we're just playing, we're just really playing with that, um, uh, that theory of quantum entanglement, everything where we understand that our emotions are a conscious bridge to everything that ever was, is, and will be. Um, the now is, the, the present moment is king. Uh, fifth and sixth is about that, and it looks great. The future looks wonderful in, in those arenas, in those conscious collectives. Wow. So I can envision that we're going to be living longer as well because we don't have the stress that makes us sick and all of that. Yeah. Yeah. We'll be easy 120, 150, 180 years old in fifth and sixth. Wow. Easily. I I hope (laughs) my ego's coming in, but I hope our faces will join us. We were all very young, especially in the sixth dimension. There's uh, kind of an androgynous look to humans then, but there's definitely a youngness, like a a really no wrinkles, none of that there. (laughs) Oh, that sounds fabulous. Okay, I've got to enter that as soon as I can. Um, (laughs) Talk to us about um, extraterrestrials, UFOs. when, When do you think we're going to have that experience? Um, 
You know, in the third dimensional degree of that, there will be, in third dimension, there will be some, um, what they call it, disclosure and spaceships in the sky and things. In the fourth dimension, what happens is we realize that we are the extraterrestrials. Ah. Yeah. And in the fifth dimension, we view Earth as various different, uh, some are, some aren't, some believe that they are, some believe that they aren't. So in the fifth dimension, it's all about your belief. And everything is love, and we're not even caring if we are or we aren't. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, so that that is so neat. Is it true that some of us in from all these years are actually hybrids? Oh, absolutely. Ah, almost all of us are at this point. We're so interdispersed. <laughs> really? Hmm? There's very few original humans left that don't have. Uh, some sort of angelic DNA and extraterrestrial DNA. Wow. And how would we find out more about that? Do you have channelings on that? or? I do. I teach classes. I teach uh, galactic history and also just opening up to finding out on your own. I teach that all the time in my classes. So it's we recently taught Meet the Pleiadians, which is all about how to discern what the Pleiadian message is and how to determine if you're Pleiadian and what that is about for those of you coming in through the Pleiadian Collective, Pleiadian Hybrids. We also taught about Lear and Felines and the entire history of that, you know, and the, the galactic history from their home planet until now and what's going on. Um, when uh, Lear and Felines and Pleiadians project themselves into human bodies and become born as humans now, why they do it, what happens, what particular gifts you have if you come from those origins points in your starseed nature. We talk about all that on my website. Wow. And that's AuraReader.com. Yeah. And yep, you'll see that there in the classes. It's right there for everyone. <laughs> wow. That's so fascinating. Uh, I'm sure you could teach us all so so much um what is there anything else that you would like to leave with us about about sorry (laughs) anything about anything how about a wonderful message for all of the listeners um, I'll give you a message that recently came through from my higher self, um, Astrea, who's a part of the Elohim Collective. Um, she's my primary being that I channel. She said, all is love and all is a call to love. So if you're experiencing fear, it's a call to love. If you're experiencing victimhood, it's a call to love. And you need to understand that the people doing things to you or saying things to you to allegedly hurt you are doing that so that you can love them more and love yourself more. Um, also, nothing can be separate. There is no lack in the human conscious collective with the brief exception that you believe you're separate. Wow. That you believe you're separate, of course. Yeah, absolutely. That is brilliant. Well, thank you so much for coming on. I hope you'll come back on too, especially if you have any important information that you want to share with everybody. Love to have you back on and we can talk more. This is... um, it's all very positive it's all very wonderful and we're coming together as a human species and i'm just thrilled i'm excited life is just brilliant i i'm just i'm just so happy it's an exciting time to be on earth that's for sure and we all chose it too we did
There's that, no prison planet here. <laughs> that's what I wanted to, to ask you too. How important is past lives right now? Because it seems like that's just not as important as developing everything from the third, fourth, fifth, sixth on. Yeah, for fourth and fifth and sixth on, it doesn't appear to be as relevant. But here's the deal about third. In the third, it appears to be very relevant because people believe it's relevant. And there's something that came through Estrella today in my meditations, and she said, um, when you go into past life regressions, um, shamanic journeys, um, any sort of Akashic records that you're looking at your own records, what you can do that would really make it beneficial um, is to ask to be shown the most relevant record that is in your highest and best for your expansion and your healing. And you cover everything when you say those things. If you need something that needs to be healed, it comes forth immediately during and after your regression and your Akashic record review. But, but what she also said was humans are coming through the Akasha and looking at the, the records um, to entertain themselves as if they're looking for something bright and shiny and fun because they're distraught and they're feeling alone and as, is it, as tempting as it would be um, to want to believe that that would satiate your learning and would expand you further, it doesn't really just to know that you were a master in another lifetime. If you're having a hard time, that may, that may actually may make you feel that you're not mastering yourself um, in this lifetime, and it may, may may actually make you feel a little bit like, oh, well, I did all these great things, why am I not doing them now? So don't try to be entertained, don't go for the shiny, ask what is in the highest and best. That is great advice. That is great advice, because I have found that some people, you're right, they, they get hooked into that past, and then they get distraught that they can't be like that. And then they keep coming back and going back and going back. And it's something that the late and great Dolores Cannon also said through me as well when she crossed the veil. She said, um, all you need is to come and to come and just to be shown your highest and best. And you don't really need session after session after session. You don't need that as much as you think that you do because your life will unfold if you believe the information that you're given. If, that's a big if, belief is big here. Some people don't, so then they have to keep coming back or they believe that they do. You, you see how that can go? Yeah, yeah, oh my. <laughs> yeah, that's so good. Well, thank you so much, Pamela. Again, it's AuraReader.com. Go to YouTube, look for Pamela. I'm going to spell it A-A-R-A-L-Y-N, Erilyn. So check her out. You can see all of her channeling from there. She has great stuff on there. Thank you again, Pamela. I really enjoyed it. Namaste. <laughs> Namaste. Thank you so much for joining us. We'll be back next week with another great show from Law of Attraction Talk Radio. If you'd like to comment on tonight's show, send an email to jules at loaradionetwork.com and have a great week.